So these things, a lot of them, I believe, are fluffy to me. Uh, I do like the direction overall, though. I I see that they are looking trying. at different. <laughs> there's an effort, right? Yeah, uh, they're trying to do something. They recognize there is a problem, and uh, and the biggest part of this budget is the focus on creating more housing. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 180 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. I'm Ariel Cormendi, and I'm joined today by Chris Behe. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. It's been a while. It has. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know Chris or haven't talked to him or haven't seen him on social, I'm sure I'm sure you have as you follow us, but uh, Chris is a realtor on our team, one of the top producing realtors on on the KT team. He's been with us for, I don't even actually know what your original start date was because we kind of eased you in, but I want to say, what, three and a half years now? Yeah, that's that's what that's what my math puts us up, but it's hard to say. <laughs> right. Seems like right. a lifetime. So he's been with us for three and a half years. Uh, I won't ask you to give us your origin story uh, uh, because you have been on the podcast before and you have been with us for three and a half years. But uh, to give everybody that doesn't know you a little insight, uh, Chris was a client of mine, actually, uh, for uh, quite a number of years, did five transactions uh, with me specifically before uh, joining the team. and. Prior to that, uh, Chris was a senior manager in the automotive industry for a large automotive uh, group of uh, dealerships. And that's how we met way back in the day, uh, because we worked together um, in the automotive industry. So so it's been a long journey together, a long friendship. Uh, uh, I think very... uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to place it the other day, I think 15 years um it it's close it's yeah i want to say uh 2008 yeah 2008 yeah. in october of 2008 so ish i want to yeah. say ish close. so so close, close to fi- close to 15 years um and you and i have uh, uh a lot of similarities we have a lot of similar interests um we both have two young boys, and um, we we most of the time get along. So I'm excited to do this podcast uh, with you today. Um, how how you doing? First of all, how how's life? How are things? Great. Sun is shining. Um, I was planning on uh, I was making plans to get the boat in the water soon. Uh, kids are back at school. Um, well, life is good. So I don't know how much you want to talk about um, personal life or whatever, but uh, Chris dove into <laughs> buying a boat uh, beginning of last year. May last year. May last year. Said, no, uh, April last year. But... Yeah, so about a year ago. It, it was snowing when I got it. It was snowing the day I took it home. And um, said, screw it, going to treat myself and uh, the kids will love it. It'll give me something to do. 
and um, bought a boat, parked it up. Knew, in, nothing, knew nothing about knew, boating. Knew absolutely <laughs> zero about boats. Did a lot of, I got, I got to give you credit because much like everything else in the world now, if you don't know something, you hop on YouTube and you can, you can find out pretty well whatever you need to know. Um, but knew nothing. So I was, I was your maiden guest on you were on the boat last year. And uh, funny enough, the boat that you bought is the exact same boat that I owned about fifteen years ago. So. Um, so obviously I was quite familiar with it, but what a beautiful, uh, beautiful way to spend the summer, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, something about being out on the water. It's very peaceful. I actually found that I worked from there quite a bit. Um, you know, you get perfect cell phone service if you're not too far out in the lake. And um, it's a great day. Just uh, lock yourself in my, I called it my mobile office. Um, got a great tan, put the sun canopy up and um brought the cooler with me and just had a great, uh, great day to relax. And there's something to be said when you're making calls and you're chatting with people and people ask how you are. And like, truly my, I can't be happier when I'm out on there and it projects out to them. And, um, um, it's, uh, it, it made for a great, a great work day. And, you know, probably two to three days a week, if the weather permitted, I was either working from the dock or I would just go out a kilometer and, not even anchor and drift, and it was uh, a great way to spend the well, day. The one, the one thing about realtors is if you don't pay attention, summer can fly by and pass by you real quick because you can be locked into an office or locked inside, um, and that kind of forces you to get out and be in the fresh air. And you're right. When you're, when you're getting that vitamin D, you're getting the fresh air, um you're overlooking the the lake um it's it it just puts you in a different mindset and a different frame of mind and uh great to negotiate when you're when you're sitting out there uh or just to have uh have a chat and and you know from a realtor's perspective so for realtors that are listening it's also a great way to network because you meet a lot of boaters you meet people in the marina uh you get to take clients out on the boat and um yeah, so well, I'm looking forward to more of that this year because last year was very much um, more of a um, self-learning. I didn't want to risk any clients or family uh, out right. there, so a lot of it was. I don't know how to park this thing, but uh, come come yeah. along for right. Exactly. So, depending on where you keep your boat this year, because it was in Grimsby last year, and I know you're looking at options for this season. That's I'll challenge you. Slip. It's really hard to find a slip right now, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might want to look at places like even Lake Simcoe. It's a bit of a drive, but that's something you go and you, you spend all day there. Maybe not as convenient for, for your job, but um, you still get uh, get a day off every once in a while. So anyway, um, enough about the boat chat, enough about you. Let's get right to it. Today, we're talking about... Um, the new budget for 2022 and yeah. uh, we both spent some time reading all of the details on it for those of you that are not familiar and um, well you should be familiar you should especially if um, 
if you're a realtor or if real estate is of interest to you because a big, big portion of the 2022 uh, budget for the government of Canada uh, revolves around housing, affordable housing. Uh, and there's a lot of details that go in there. So I want to ask you some questions, Chris, about that. But uh, for those of you listening or watching, go to the website and it's budget, B-U-D-G-E-T dot G-C dot C-A. And uh, you can pull it all up there. The, uh, the part of the budget that we're obviously going to talk about because we are a real estate podcast and we are realtors uh, is chapter one the very first chapter of the budget, and it's titled Making Housing More Affordable. And I found, what I found interesting is the very first sentence says, everyone should have a safe and affordable place to call home. Um, I agree. I agree. I think think this is a, a little bit late to the table. Like this is stuff that, in my opinion, should have been happening five to 10 years ago. Uh, But let's chat about it. So you read through it. What stood out to you? Yeah, well, I think one area that um, can't be overlooked and probably the most important areas is uh, when you talk about home, uh, um, we're talking about the budget. They're not just talking about buying homes or covering people that are renting properties as well, um, which are generally speaking, the most vulnerable people that are most affected negatively uh, uh, by inflation, increasing costs, um, people that are in a, a bad uh, bad situation. Um, so I think um, last I looked, I think, uh, was it less than 70% of Canadians will own a property right now. So there's still a huge percentage of people that are renting and need that affordability. So um as a broad spectrum, I think they, I mean, obviously threw a ton of money at uh, public housing, trying to restructure um, co-op housing, uh, making rent hopefully more affordable and more rent public funded rental units. Um, that's a little bit out of what we generally deal with day to day, but um, I think they, at least on paper, put a bunch of money allocated towards that, which I think is a great step in protecting those people that, um, you know, home ownership might be a stretch right now. And for a lot of people across North America, well, Canada and the U.S. specifically, but um, certainly in Canada, being a homeowner is going to remain increasingly challenging, uh, regardless of this budget and and any any changes that the government implements, because let's face it, with the amount of immigration uh, that will be coming into Canada and, um, you know, just the the demand for the higher density areas. um, And I think, you know, going out of COVID, I think there will be a lot of shifting around again. Um, But I think the, and we've seen it, the rental prices are, are going up significantly and supply and demand factor there is there's just a short we see this a lot with our units i mean uh in the last week we've listed what three properties for lease and the demand has been crazy very much so and and you know the properties are getting multiple interest 
multiple offers and the amount of inquiries that we're getting on our lease listings is it's almost unmanageable for, at, at times it, because it's a lot. Yeah, people, you know, people see a new listing pop up and they're like, whoa, there's a new listing. We got to go and see it right away. And it gets gobbled up quickly. And, the, you know, the, the audience for it uh, sometimes doesn't react quick enough and it's gone. So and what, um, what I find surprise, not surprising, but um, where maybe, maybe the government needs to address uh, some issues is the majority of the people that are applying for these rentals. And it's almost like I've seen more than a couple that are having offer nights recently for rentals, which you historically don't see very often. Um, the, the tenants or the candidates, the applicants are very strong. Um, good credit, good um, income. They may just lack the, the funds to for a down payment currently. So where does that leave people that aren't in great positions, both in terms of uh, income, credit score, um, maybe they've had some hardship. That's where, and you can't blame landlords because you're they're private citizens. Obviously, they want the best people in there as possible. So where does the government come in um, and to pro- provide support for people that are not in the greatest position right now? So um, uh, that kind of leads me into the, um, the other um, area I think the budget addresses um, having things like the, the new tax-free savings account for home purchases, um, allowing people to save more money and put it in places that hopefully are going to yield them more return to help save up that debt payment. I love the idea of that. And that is absolutely what stood out to me. So mm-hmm. we talk about you know, potential tenants for rental properties, a lot of them are younger people that have not owned a home as yet. A lot of them are new couples, you know, looking to uh, get a place together before they get married or just after they get married and they don't have uh, the ability to, to purchase a home just yet. So in this budget, um, it's it's very interesting because I had to read this a few times. Um, they're calling it basically a tax-free first home savings account. And they are proposing to introduce this tax-free first home savings account, which would give prospective first-time home buyers the ability to save up to $40,000 like this is where i found it got interesting like an rrsp contributions would be tax deductible i highlighted the same thing and withdrawals to the uh, to purchase a first home including investment income would be non-taxable like a tfsa so it's tax free going in you're you're reducing your income based on your contribution of up to $8,000 per year. Um, And then it's tax-free coming out, including any investment income. So if you happen to invest $8,000 in that year, and it goes up to $10,000, when you pull it, first of all, that $8,000 is being subtracted from your income that year. So you're paying less tax. So for 
you know, the average person, that's going to be a couple of grand right there in tax savings. And then when you pull out that eight to $10,000, uh, you're getting that tax free as well. So um, the ability to double double dip to save both on the upfront on the tax and not be taxed on the other side is huge. Very much so. And then you still do have the RRSP contribution plan, which is still a good plan for first-time home buyers. And they will also be increasing the first-time home buyer credit and tax credit. So right now, um, I believe it's $5,000 right now. So they're going to be doubling yeah. it to $10,000, which would provide... And that's huge. Sorry, I was just going to say, that's huge because as prices have gone up, um, your your tax is based off the value, the purchase price of your home. So as the average price has gone up, that, that rebate hasn't gone up over that, those years. So uh, the fact that they've addressed that, I think, is a good step. So there's uh, there's a bunch of incentives in here um, for first time home buyers, which is great. We want to see that. Um, we also saw a whole lot of discussion and heard a lot of a lot of discussion, and they do mention it here um, about banning foreign investment in Canadian housing, and I find that really interesting. Um, you know, we've seen it for years and, and actually the first few words for years, foreign money has been coming into Canada to buy residential real estate. This has fueled concerns about the impact on costs in cities like Vancouver and Toronto and worries about Canadians being priced out of the housing market in cities and towns across the country to make sure that housing is owned by Canadians instead of foreign investors. Budget 2022 announces the government's intention to propose restrictions that would prohibit foreign commercial enterprises and people who are not Canadian citizens or permanent residents from acquiring non-recreational residential property in Canada for a period of two years. So for the next two years, if you are not a Canadian resident, um, you can't buy Canadian real estate. I found this Although, one is prop. There's loopholes, so permanent residents are ex- exempt. Uh, students are exempt, and then what? What dictates a um, recreational property versus a primary residence? Uh, wow. So that's where things get interesting to me because I can see right. all of these foreigners. Saying, okay, yeah. you're not going to let me buy that home. I'm going to buy up all the lakefront property. Exactly. Because I got the money so to do is, that. And you guys exactly will never own a cottage again. Exactly. And um, there has been pockets that have done this already in Canada. Um, so Vancouver, for example, they've had this running. And there's a big debate whether or not it's actually cooled anything there. Um, since they implemented it, prices have gone nothing but up steadily as well. So there's really, um, I'd, I'd want to see more numbers in terms of how much uh, foreign money is actually being invested um, and how that's A very, very small percentage. Adrian was chatting right. about that with me on 
a previous episode and yeah. um, it is it is a very very small percentage but here's the I thing i feel like that i feel like that part of the budget though is i mean that's what they're screaming that was their headline that's what they're kind of beating their chest over we're doing this um what canadian is going to say no that's a bad idea so i feel like that is the part of the budget they are um emphasizing which really has probably the smallest effect uh when you when you kind of break things down yeah it's a little bit of fluff right it's that oh, political 100%. political fluff mm-hmm. um another interesting point here is they're looking at making property flippers quote-unquote flippers pay their fair share um so budget 2022 proposes to introduce new rules to ensure profits from flipping properties are taxed fully and fairly, specifically any person who sells a property that, that they have held for less than 12 months would be considered to be flipping properties and would be subject to full taxation on their profits as business income. Exemptions would apply for Canadians who sell their home due to certain life circumstances, such as death disability, the birth of a child, a new job, or a divorce. Exemptions will be set in forthcoming rules and Canadians will be consulted on the legal, uh, on the legislative proposals. So again, I don't know, to your point, I think if you want to get around these rules, there are probably loopholes that you can find. Honey, Um, we're getting divorced on paper. <laughs> no, but yeah, there, there's I mean, there's loopholes around these for sure, and they haven't been specific on how they're going to be enforced yet. Um, so maybe more fluff um, in there as well. And um, the reality is, most investors right now, most flippers, unless they're looking at doing, uh, you know, a quick flip, they're holding their properties for that 12 months uh, right now, and they're avoiding capital gains right now. Um, or they're writing them down upward, it mitigates that right now. Right. So let's just say um, this rule is basically you got to sell it after 12 months is up. Right. Right. The way it's written to me says, if I sell it at 13 months, I'm just taxed on my capital gains, which would be, uh, and 50% of the gains would be taxable. Here they want to tax the full 100%. So for me, if I look at the math, I'm thinking, well, okay, I flipped, I, I purchased this property, I renovated it for the purpose of resale, and I completed that job in four to six months, which is quite challenging now because <laughs> of uh, con- uh, contractor availability and supply. Uh, materials and supply availability. Um, well, why wouldn't I just hold it for another six months? Uh, or because... how, about, how about make it turn it into an Airbnb um, and make a little bit more that way and also have some more write-off capabilities as well? I, I believe, that while it already happened in Brampton, I called it about a year and a half ago. I called it. Um, and it was on a podcast, I believe, that I did that. I believe a lot of municipalities are going to put some restrictions in place for short-term rentals, even though I think that actually is a segment of uh, putting a roof over your head, if you want to look at it that way, where 
the province of Ontario is lacking considerably. Uh, and I'm not clients, We have many clients that have had needed needed short term rentals, and they're they're a very expensive, or they don't exist. Uh, yeah. Which, if you don't have friends or family that can put you in, um, you're due to. Uh, we've seen it because of personal circumstances for um, construction delays. Um, so there is definitely a need for them. Um, now, should they be regulated better? Probably, um, as you see in municipalities like Toronto, where entire condo buildings or uh, were being Airbnb at some point, and obviously that there's a market that's probably oversaturated. Uh, but where we are, it, it is definitely an underserved, um, underserved uh, segment uh, that you know, probably just needs more regulation than anything else. But I think you're right. I think either people will just wait to sell the property or in the interim, uh, they'll just rent it to uh, drag it out, right? So instead of flipping yeah. it right away, instead of renovating it right away, you rent it for three to six months. There's lots of demand for that term of rental. And uh, once those people vacate, then you do your renovation and you sell it. So so these things, a lot of them, I believe, are fluffy to me. Uh, I do like the direction overall, though. I, I see that they are looking Try. at different there, <laughs> there's an effort right yeah uh, they're trying to do something they recognize there is a problem and uh and the biggest part of this budget is the focus on creating more housing and a big portion again for those of you listening this is episode 180 of kt confidential the real estate podcast I've got Chris Behe with me today, and we're chatting about the 2022 budget. If you haven't read it, chapter one of the budget is all about housing. And you can read the budget by going to budget.gc.ca. And uh, it's pretty informative. So if you're a real estate uh, um, guru, you're a realtor, uh, you're, you just like to consume that information, whatever, uh, it is quite interesting. And certainly if you're a homeowner or an investor, these are things that are are kind of good to know. Um, so they're looking, I'm, I'm looking at the first portion of the chapter where it says, it's it's talking a lot about needing to build more housing, new housing. And right. The estimate is that Canada will need to build at least 3.5 million new homes by 2031. As crazy as that sounds, 2031 is less than 10 years away. So not a long period of time, especially when it comes to building new homes, because you need um, you need approvals, you need site plans, you need contractors, you need people willing to build them and, and then and the buyers for them, whatever. But the, the number currently... 200,000 a year is what they're building a year is where you're going for? Correct. Yeah. So currently building 200,000 a year. So for the next eight years, going to build 1.6 million homes, but need 3.5. So we are currently building less than half the amount of homes that are needed to supply the population and the expected population. Uh, a lot of that also is due to immigration. So, so they're trying to 
deflate the um, the demand a bit. You know, you're talking about the foreign investors, the flippers, whatever, and they're trying to inflate the supply. Uh, but in that, good luck catching up. Good luck yeah. catching up. And and uh, there's a strong um, wave of younger people that are now getting to the age of actually that's a stat that I'd like to know. And I don't know where to find that. And uh, that? maybe we could dig into it. Comparing Canadians to other places across the globe, the age, kind of the age bracket of 20 to 30, what percentage of Canadians from the age of roughly 20 to 30 are homeowners? And then how does that stack up against other countries? Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of imbalance across the country with that stat. If there is that stat, I'm sure there is. Um, well, I think I think uh, a couple of things that affect that. Obviously, everything we talked about as well. But um, I was reading earlier um, or a while ago that last year all home sales across the board about 20% were people that already owned a primary residency, a primary resident. So you're looking at a huge amount of people that are buying secondary properties because investments. obviously their investments, their price and the value of their home has gone up X amount over the years and they can pull in that equity and they want to do that again, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily because again, we're looking at rental markets and having a shortfall. They have to come from, from somewhere. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely a, a squeeze there as well. So well, I think, I think what we're also going to see, and I've said this before, but I think what we're also going to see as the years pass and, and, probably into like the 2030s um, is people that have children now that are teens, um, they'll be gifted a lot of money for down payments uh, to help make housing affordable. We're seeing it now. We're seeing it now, right? Like, well, I think we, I think you and I have talked about joking around almost about buying or looking at investing in properties now for our kids who are, you know, five and six. Um, with that time horizon, as by they're in their twenties, at least they'll have something that you know tangible that we can give them that way. I have a client that has four kids, and they now have four properties. One of them that is their family residence, but three of them that are rental properties and they're planning to buy a fourth and their goal is when each child graduates from university with their degree that they'll give them that home and <laughs> the only thing that really it has cost them was the initial down payment and that right. down payment was pulled from equity in their yeah. primary residence so really right. cash wise it didn't cost them anything and in the interim, there are tenants in those properties and paying down the mortgage accordingly. So I think a lot of people will be doing that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, going back to uh, kind of what we first were talking about there, the only concern I have with like, so they're calling it the acceleration plan, basically just trying to get cut through some of this red tape. 
I, I just worry at what cost. You know, we're in an environmental sensitive area here in terms of green belting. Uh, we're looking at more population density. So is that is is that going to put a an increase in value of older properties that have you know more land and and more value because it's not as dense. Um, you look at the even in Milton, you go from the different um, neighborhoods, the new areas they're building, you can feel it. I mean, it is, they are much denser. There's condos on each corner. Um, you have village homes on smaller streets. And then even the larger homes are on smaller streets. So uh, I know we need to squeeze more in and make more with less, but is that going to, Kind of have a negative effect of what this is trying to accomplish and in turn increase the value on those other areas. You know what I'd really like to do, Chris? I'd like to build tiny homes. Like I'm talking tiny. You get but you get a backyard, yeah. you get a shed, you get a there's driveway. A there's community. I was looking uh the other day, uh, I think it was in Denmark or some of the uh, communities where they're building these green communities. You yes. have basically these tiny homes, like two bedrooms, like they're 900 square feet, but they're detached homes, but you have a garden and a community green space. And I mean, they look fantastic. Like um, some, some of the European, some of the European countries, well, even in the Asian, some yeah. of the Asian countries, they're, um, very forward thinking like that. You're looking at even, you know, rooftop uh, green green, roo green roofs and the green um, roofs. We we are so spoiled in this country because we have lands. I mean, you look at here and even although there's development everywhere, people always think like it's going to last forever. And it, it really won't. It's really not going to. And then at what cost? Um, do you want a bigger home or a home office? Um, the quality of life uh, and affordability comes into play. And I really think that um, these countries are on to something and there might be a demand for something like that. Well, the challenge you get with, and I agree, I mean, you look at Ontario alone and, and the amount of physical space in the province is still quite vast. And bigger than most um, countries. But the the challenge to me is uh public transportation right like it's not like we have um super rails you know like they have uh some of the very modern railways and trains in in some of these countries um you know if the go train is as good as we're going to get and it's the current go lines um, Not only that, though, take a family of four on a train on a Saturday to go down to the aquarium in Toronto, you're a hundred plus dollars. Um, I mean, kids ride free on the weekends, but um, I even tried to take it to a Raptors game before COVID and I was shocked how much money it costs. I, I'll just drive for that difference and not have to sit on a, a train. So well, um, maybe not now with the price of gas. <laughs> But to your point, is the uh, it's not just the uh, lack of public transit, transit and public infrastructure; it's the affordability of it as well. You want people to use it, but you're paying; they're out, you're asking them to pay a premium for it. Um, I was joking with someone the other day about um, uh, Milton public transit, and you see a lot of buses, but I wonder what the number is on actual. Um, usage like it may be cheaper just to give everyone uber uh 
gift certificates that actually use it. Okay, for the I, I, I yeah. very seldomly see anybody in a Milton bus. Yeah. Yeah, it's and they're big buses. I mean, I I know they're hybrid, natural gas, and or protein. Uh, they're supposed to be pretty efficient, but it seems like a giant waste. Well, based on the usage, they should be uh, kind of thinking out of the box and maybe uh, doing things like turning them into uh, small, party small buses. buses. <laughs> or, yeah, so there's there's your tiny homes, the, the buses. Um, Anyway, anything else you want to add or chat about before we wrap it up today? Um, no, I mean it. I mean, obviously, with something like this, there's a couple of things that. Uh, what's the actual follow through uh, with the budget? Is it, how is it actually going to get implemented? And unfortunately, for something like this, we're not going to see if it works or doesn't work for for years. Um, so, True. I mean, I hope they. I hope they build more homes. I hope they. Uh, address affordability in, in rental properties. Um, in the interim, I don't know about you, but I don't see, by the time things are actually implemented, I don't see this having a huge effect. And the other thing I don't think it addressed is the, um, in a country like Canada is the regional nature of real estate. Real estate in Toronto isn't real estate in Halifax, isn't real estate in Quebec, isn't real estate in Vancouver, uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Like it, it just doesn't address the, that nature of uh, our country. And the crazy part about that is as the population increases in the country, that increase of population is going to be in those higher density areas because of jobs. Um, and so, as, as bad as it is, public transit <laughs> as well. Right. There's, and um, people want to be where there's other people. Yeah. Yeah. If I was just moving to this country, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be looking to move to none of it. I wouldn't be oh. looking to move into northern Alberta. Um, no, and you want to move where you're like you have like people with you know similar right. religions and similar backgrounds and languages and traditions. Or maybe you already know people that immigrated here and they just happened to land in Richmond Hill, and now you want to live in Richmond Hill, right? So, um, I yeah, I I tend to agree. I don't think that this is going to necessarily help anything in the short term. Um, and by the time it does quote unquote help, it will be outdated. It will be behind again. And there's, there seems to be no catching up and that's where we get, and that's where we get into the supply and demand, uh, factors that have increased the prices in the province and right across the country um for years now and uh and i don't think that's going to change a whole lot so um anyways if you guys that are listening uh thank you very much for listening and watching episode 180 if you have a comment uh whether it's about the 2022 budget and some of the changes and some of the proposed changes uh leave a comment we will be happy to discuss it with you and I think maybe if you had an idea or uh, how you would maybe uh, 
um, change the budget. Maybe that's a follow-up as we kind of brainstorm different things or different suggestions that we have that would actually maybe affect real estate uh, prices in the market today. Yeah, we can send a message to the government and tell them, here's, here's yeah, the I'm audience sure. poll. Right. Here's sure, what the audience uh, I'm sure thinks. I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> well, we will tag them. We will tag them. All right, Christopher, yeah. thanks for joining me today. That's episode 180 of KT Confidential. We'll see you next week.